Looking at steamer projections for the Twins infield on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 4th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Today, we're going to look at steamer projections. And to give you a little overview of projection systems, every year we're going to get a bunch, right? We're going to get Pakoda. We're going to get uh, steamer. We're going to get zips. There's a couple more like monkey projections or something like that. There are a lot, a lot of projection systems and we're going to see projected standings. We're going to see over-unders. We're going to see projections up the wazoo this winter and into the spring before the 2022 season. Steamer is one of the earliest and we're going to look at it. It's not that early. I mean, it's January 4th. Players are supposed to report in a month, a little over a month. So you know, we're, we're getting fairly close. We don't have a ton of podcast episodes left until players are reporting to spring training. Uh, you know, hopefully the two sides come to an agreement and spring training starts on time. At this point, it doesn't look overly likely. But we're going to look at Steamer today because everyone loves projection systems. And it kind of reminds you the baseline for certain players, especially players who had down seasons or players who had big time seasons. And you have to kind of maintain expectations at a reasonable level for them for what they were before their big time season. An example of this, coming off of 2019, I want to say projection systems were down on Kepler, down on Garver, a little bit down on Polanco because they they were looking at the years before 2019 as well. And as Twins fans, you look, we go, you projected Mitch Garver to hit 18 home runs after he hit 31 and uh, like 290 plate appearances in 2019. That's crazy. But the systems are built to factor in everything. They're built to factor in the entire player's career. And there are some amazing projections for the Twins, like eye-opening projections for the Twins. We're going to start today with the infield. Tomorrow we'll have the outfield. And then Thursday we're going to start with the rotation because they're all different and they're all interesting. And there are some really, really riveting numbers and riveting projections for some of these guys. Exciting and also kind of disappointing projections. Um, from Steamer. Steamer is Fangraph's projection system, and I like it. I like it because it gives you a full picture. It gives you strikeout rate. It gives you walk rate. It gives you a full batting line. It gives you counting stats, home runs. It gives you wins above replacement. It gives you everything you're looking for, everything I'm looking for when we're trying to evaluate players going into 2022. And what you're going to expect and what's going to happen is if you look at the Twins top, I think it's seven or eight projected wins above replacement leaders for 2022 via steamer. It's like the first eight are position players. And then it's three. It's like Joe Ryan, Bailey, or it's Bailey over Joe Ryan, Dylan Bundy at the end of that. So like eight of the first 11, I want to say are position players. And that's as expected, right? Cause the twins just don't have a rotation really in place at this point. And they also have some nice position players. They have some top 20 players, some top 10 players in the American League in terms of projected wins above replacement for 2022. I want to start with the infield. 
Twins MVP from 2021 is in the infield. We're going to look at Miguel Sano. We're going to look at Jorge Polanco. Twins don't currently have a shortstop. We'll look at Jose Miranda, Josh Donaldson, Nick Gordon. Alex Kirloff will be part of the outfielders tomorrow. It will be Kirloff, uh, Buxton, Kepler. We'll look at Larnick tomorrow. We'll look at Brent Rooker tomorrow because his is interesting. And then Thursday, we'll have Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan, Dylan Bundy. And next week, we're going to have we're going to look at steamer projections for free agents remaining and use those steamer projections to peg who we think is a great fit for the Twins, both via free agency and on the trade market. So we're going to look at those as well next week in each position group because I think there are some projections in here. There will be some projections in here. You look at and say, ooh, it would be nice to add him to the 2022 Twins. It may be steamers higher on that player than you are or maybe higher on that player than you thought they would be, right? So we'll look at that next week. I do want to start with the infield today. I want to talk just for a second about Ken Rosenthal uh, out at MLB Network because I think this is an interesting journalistic thought process. As a journalism major at Mizzou, and I consider Mizzou, if not the best journalism school in the country, one of the best. I'm not saying that because I go there. I chose to go there because of that. Um, and I did look up like easier schools to get into great journalism school. What is that? What is that uh, crossroads? And Mizzou is one of them. And, you know, it's great that they do let kids who didn't uh, exactly excel in high school, like myself into the journalism program. So that's amazing. But Ken Rosenthal has a job. He has a job to hold those in power accountable. And that includes Rob Manfred. And for those of you who don't know, Ken Rosenthal was critical of Rob Manfred and MLB network did not renew his contract. I believe is, is what um, transpired there, or at least let go of Ken Rosenthal. And it's just another, it is an example of journalistic integrity. And Ken tweeted about that. And Ken said, like, I have a job as a journalist. He does. He needs to keep those in power accountable. And it's a great separation and a great thought of a major corporation, Major League Baseball, trying to manage its coverage. And Ken's not going to do that because as a journalist for The Athletic and for Fox, it is his job to hold them and hold Rob Manfred accountable and to hold Major League Baseball accountable. That is his job as a journalist. He is a watchdog. That is his job. And so if he speaks out against Rob Manfred, he's just doing his job. And you would hope the commissioner of baseball and the commissioner's office in Major League Baseball would understand that and not get so upset about that. I get it in some ways, but it's just ridiculous because Ken's the best in the, in the business. In my opinion, Jeff Passan's amazing. I'm not, that's not taking any anything away from Passan Rosenthal. He has a intrinsic benefit from being on TV for the younger generation for the hot stove season in season. Everybody loves Ken Rosenthal. So to take him off MLB network, um, it's sad. It sucks. And it's just another example of a mistake made. Um, certainly by the commissioner's office. Let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. 
You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. Looking at Twins Projections, want to thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Let's start with the highest projected wins above replacement infielder for the Twins in 2022. That would be Mr. Josh Donaldson. Steamer projects Donaldson to hit 249 with a 357 on base percentage to slug 480 for a 128 weighted runs created plus that is 28% above league average and projects him for 3.4 wins above replacement. If we look at Donaldson's career, in Donaldson's career, he owns a 137 weighted runs created plus. In 2021, he had a 124 weighted runs created plus. In 2020 with the Twins, a 130 weighted runs created plus. So Steamer's basically saying he'll be what he's been in um, 172 games, I believe it is, for the Twins, saying he'll, he'll be what he's been, uh, which is a very good third baseman, very good hitter, offensive player, 30 home runs, 27 doubles, a triple, 81 walks, 135 strikeouts. Like I said, 3.4 wins above replacement, 19 offensive wins above replacement. That would be tops on the Twins. Uh, negative 6.4 defensive wins above replacement. That's probably because he wasn't great defensively at third last year. I think this is the right pro projection for Donaldson. And I think it is another example and a good reminder that he's a very good player. He's still a very good hitter. He's one of the best hitting third baseman in the American League last year, played in 130 games. Donaldson was, uh, was good at the plate last year, definitely. And especially compared to third baseman, for him, it's health. If he's healthy, he's going to reach these projections. You know, most likely. I really like those numbers. I think that's about right on what we should expect for Donaldson in 138 games is the projection for him. I would expect him to hit, you know, 250 with an OPS above 800 and a way to runs created plus at 128 with, you know, three or four wins above replacement. I think that's that's a good projection for him if he's on the twins. We'll see if he remains a twin after the lockout. Staying in the infield, of course, Jorge Polanco. Steamer has Polanco playing 149 games. And they don't think he's going to have as great of a year. 267, 328 on base, 454 slug. That's a 113 way to runs created plus. As I always say about Jorge Polanco, and Steamer says Polanco will hit 24 home runs. He hit 33 last year. His way to run, runs created plus, they expect to decrease by nine. So 9% decrease from last year, which again, I think is about right. That's why I like Steamer. I think that's about right for Jorge Polanco. But as I was saying, what we talk about with him all the time, is as a second baseman, that's a super valuable line. To be 13% above league average as a hitter, as a second baseman, and be right around zero wins above replacement, about average at second base defensively, and have 20 wins above replacement offensively last year, uh, that's super valuable to the Twins. That's super valuable as a second baseman because second baseman, the bar for second baseman offensively has dropped below shortstop. So if you're a shortstop, you need to hit better than a second baseman in today's MLB. And for Jorge Polanco to put together a line like that as a second baseman is a lot more valuable than it is as a shortstop. It's not like substantial, but it's a lot more valuable, definitely, at second base these days. And that's why Marcus Semien was third in MVP voting last year. He was amazing and would have been at short, but he moved to second, easier defensive position, of course, but also he was far and away the best second baseman in baseball last year. Because compared to second baseman, he's the best. Compared to shortstops, you got other guys in there, right? You got your Trey Turners, Fernando Tatis, Corey Seager, a lot of other guys in the mix. And Semyon still may have been the best at short, but he was far and away the best at second base, certainly in the American League, maybe Max Muncy in the National League 
um, before he got hurt. But that's a really nice projection for Jorge Polanco. If he put together that year in 150 games or so, uh, you would love that. Luis Arise, they have hitting 299 with a 364 on base percentage, a 402 slugging percentage, 12% above league average in weighted runs created plus, six homers, five triples, 30 doubles, and three wins above replacement. Again, I think this is a great projection for Luis Arise to hit right around 300 with an on-base percentage right around 370. That's what he's been in his career. Luis Arise in his career is at 313, on-base 374, weighted runs created plus 113. They have him for a 112 weighted runs created plus in 2022. I think that's about right. And I think if Louis puts together that line and plays in that many games, which would be 144, the Twins would be delighted. And you should be delighted as well if he does put together a line like that. If the Twins got these lines from Donaldson, Polanco, and Arise in the infield, That'd be great, and they'd be off to a nice start offensively, and I think there there's still some upside with Donaldson. I think Polanco, we've seen the upside. It would just be about maintaining that into next year, uh, and then Luis Arise, just consistency is important for him over a full season and health, but the upside remains health for Donaldson and Arise particularly, and Polanco too with his ankle, but if they got those three seasons, which is a three-and-a-half win season from Donaldson, a three-plus win season from Polanco, and a three-win season from Arise, definitely would be really happy about that. Staying in the infield, uh, we'll look at Mitch Garver behind the dish. Mitch Garver, 95 games. They have him hitting 232 with a 322 on base and slugging 433. So for me, to have Mitch Garver at a 107 weighted runs created plus is super conservative for 2022 because in his career, he's at 122. In 2021, he was at 137. So to project him at 107 is really baking in 2020 when he was just a 41, when he had just a 41 rated runs created plus in 23 games only. It was only 23 games. Like looking back, that's so minuscule to look at that and be like, he played in 23 games and they're using that uh, as a sample. But they do because they happen. Those games happen. I think this is super, super conservative. Have him hitting 17 home runs with you know an OPS at 755. I think Garver is an 800 OPS player. I think he's a 2025 home run bat. I think he's going to play a lot more than, than Steamer says he will. Uh, 95 games they have him for. I think he's going to play a lot more games than 95 because I think he's going to DH quite a bit with it now open. No Nelson Cruz. So I think you're going to see Garver, if he's healthy, get 500 plate appearances. And he should. They have him for 399. I would rather or I would bet the over on Garver at 399. I think he's going to get up to 500, and, and I hope he does get up to 500. Jose Miranda, 102 games. Steamer has Miranda hitting 282 with a 329 on base and slugging 460, a 114 weighted runs created plus. Steamer thinks Jose Miranda is going to be better offensively than Jorge Polanco in 2022. And that tells you a couple of things. One, Polanco will probably take a half step or a step back from what he was last year, but also the hype on Miranda is insane, right? Like that's awesome. Steamer is really, really liking Jose Miranda. They have him at two wins above replacement. That is a full win above replacement ahead of Alex Kirilov. So Steamer likes Miranda, uh, 22 doubles, 15 home runs, a triple. That's a great season. Again, for him, uh, like everybody else I've talked about outside of Mitch Garver, if they got that season from Jose Miranda, you'd be ecstatic. Nick Gordon, 45 games. They have him hitting 257, 305 on base, a 392 slug, 90 weighted runs created plus, and a half win above replacement in 45 games and 182 plate appearances. I would hope Nick Gordon's going to get 300 plate appearances next year. 
I think I've penciled him in, almost penned him in as a utility option off the bench to play some short, to play some center, to play some left, to play some second, to play some third, to play everywhere for Nick Gordon, except for catcher. I think he can play everywhere but catcher uh, and pitcher, unless, you know, without Ostadio, maybe Gordon's pitching. But I would hope that he would play more than this. The batting line is interesting. Maybe that's about right for him. 90 way to run score to plus. That's not horrible for a utility player. You'd hope the on-base percentage could get up to like 315 instead of 305. If that was the case, you'd say that's awesome if he's more of a 93-94 way to run created plus. So a little bit of a bump there, but the playing time I think is the problem I have. Just four homers, nine doubles because uh, there's just not a lot of playing time baked in there for Nick Gordon. Ryan Jeffers, 44 games, only 172 plate appearances. Again, very conservative. I think he's going to play a lot more than that because I think what the Twins are going to do is against left-handed pitching, Jeffers is going to catch and Garver is going to DH or vice versa. And then I think Garver will play catcher against righties and they'll switch off. He'll play, I think, 60 to 70% of the time against righties and Jeffers will pick up the rest. And then I think Garver will DH against lefties and Jeffers will catch against lefties most of the time. That's what I think is going to happen. But Jeffers, they have hitting 219, 291 on base, 403 slug. This is a big year for Ryan Jeffers. I think this could be a breakout season for him that nobody sees coming. It's been underwhelming the the seasons he's put together i guess the season and a half um since he was called up in 2020 but just an 89 way to runs created plus to have a 403 slugging percentage from your catcher is great but i gotta say i expected a lot more in the on-base department from ryan jeffers i thought he would be a lot more selective at the plate less swing and miss we saw that through the minors it just hasn't come through in the majors it shows you how hard it is to hit at the major league level if the twins got this season from ryan jeffers i think they'd be disappointed i'd be disappointed if this was the season from Jeffers, um, just 0.8 wins above replacement. He needs to be a two, three win player defensively, offensively playing in a hundred games, probably seeing a lot of left-handed pitching. He's been a lot better against lefties and righties as you'd expect. Um, but I would hope for more from Ryan Jeffers than this current line. I believe that's the infield right there. We have some others, you know, they got some prospects, Ben Rourke, but they have playing 20 games or whatever, 81 way to runs created, plus a couple prospects getting some at-bats, but that's the majority. And then you have Miguel Sano's projection, 149 games. They have him hitting 224 with a 315 on base and a 462 slug, a 110 way to runs created plus for Miguel Sano, 34 homers, 25 doubles, and a triple. For me, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't like the on base. I don't like a 315 on base percentage for Miguel Sano. I think that's too low because I think that when he's right, he's in the 330 to 335 range because he's spitting on pitches and he's making more consistent contact with pitches in and out of the zone. 462 slug is, is probably conservative for him. So I would say that that's a lower OPS than you'd be happy with from Sano. That's a 777 OPS, which is about right, I guess, but for his career, like that's that comes in below, right? That comes in below his uh, his career. He's over 800 for his career, well over 800 OPS for his career, and he's a 118 way to runs created plus for his career. But Steamer says he's gonna have the same way to runs created plus as last year, and many of us would say that last year was disappointing. Almost an identical line projected for Miguel Sano in 2022, and he started so poorly in 2021 that I hope that's not the case. That's the infield. Sorry if I went super fast. We'll have the outfield tomorrow. If you have any questions about these, please let me know. Uh, I realize there's more infielders and I had a lot more to say about these guys. But I'll have pieces up at Twins Daily as well. I have a Byron Buxton steamer piece up right now at TwinsDaily.com. 
Hint, Steamer thinks Buxton's going to have a huge year, which is amazing. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. They'll make your second lesson Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.